Have you ever been shocked meeting someone's spouse? Maybe you thought you knew the person pretty well. You thought, I have an idea what their life is like, what they're about. I have a pretty good idea and picture in my mind of who they're married to. And then you meet their spouse and you're like, wow, I did not see that coming. And now all of a sudden you see that person in a whole new light. Maybe good, maybe bad, maybe otherwise, but their spouse really added some flavor to who they now are in your mind. And that's where we're going today. Wake the faith up, Slayer Garth Heckman, David Alliance. Thank you for listening. Those of you who listen on Podbean or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, on radio stations, internet, and otherwise live on 97A, it's great to have you a part of the podcast. You can reach out to me at tdagiantslayer at gmail.com. That's T as in Tom, D as in David, G, TDG, TD. I'm just going to mess everybody up. Let's just stick with TDA Giant Slayer at gmail.com. This is why they don't allow me to work power tools. Hey, we are finishing up today on our uh, series, Marriage is Meant to Be Hard. You know, people, when they would meet me and get to know me pretty well, then my wife would come along and people would go, This is your wife? Wow, how did that happen? And to be completely true, Many times people would ask my wife after they've met her, is he like this all the time, like even at home? And she would just kind of go, yeah, yeah, this is who he is. But it's amazing how we are in a covenant through marriage. We are in a covenant where the paperwork is done up in heaven and therefore really important to understand that it's in front of God and it's to be taken very seriously. But in that covenant, there are a few things that happen, and I'll finish up today. The next thing we're going to cover is that a covenant is your identity. See, two lives become one. In a covenant, you become identified with the individual that you're marrying. There's this supernatural commingling of two lives, but you need to understand it's not just spiritual, it's not just mental, it's not just emotional, but it's also physical. Remember that a covenant includes blood. Many reasons. We understand that a woman's body has a hymen, which is in her reproductive area. It has no specific purpose or biological purpose that they can tell of. Other than this, when she has her first sexual experience, it tears and there is blood that is shed. And that blood mixes with the blood from the man who is inside of her. And this curtain, this hymen is broken. It separates the two, then they become one. It's the same thing that happened when Christ died on the cross. He shed his blood, said, it is finished. And the curtain in the Holy of Holies was torn in half, and there was a new covenant created. See, your virginity is there for a purpose. It's in order to create a covenant. Sex is your identity. Virginity is the opportunity to create a new identity with your husband or your wife in a covenant. Very important. Number two, a covenant is a hierarchy of needs, meaning there's a line of command. You might go, why did God put the man in charge? Why did he put the man in command or to lead? Well, it's because someone has to be responsible. Someone has to be held to toe. Somebody has to be uh, the person that, hey, you're going to take it on the chin for how you led this marriage. And so God loved the woman so much that he put the man responsible so that the man is held again 
to the standard by which God calls him to. 1 Corinthians 11.3 has nothing to do with quality of being uh, importance or who's loved more or who's the most precious or cherished. Or See, Ephesians chapter 6 says you submit one to another, but that ultimately it is a man's responsibility to love his wife the way Christ loved the church and to stand before God and to be accountable for how he led the marriage. Look, a woman has to respect her husband. It doesn't say she has to love him, but she has to respect him. And she must submit and obey her husband as long as he himself is obeying and submitting to God. Otherwise, the hierarchy is broke and you don't get to tell her what to do. Ladies, if your husband's not serving, seeking God, then you don't have to obey him in matters that are immoral or wrong. Let, let me put it to you this way. If the United States colonel goes to some private under him and says, go attack this village, wait a second, if the colonel didn't get his, his orders from the general, then the private doesn't have to obey the colonel. If the husband doesn't get his orders from God, then the wife doesn't have to obey the husband. So, men, you have to prove yourself. Look, my wife is only going to obey me in knowing that over the years, I have sought God, listened to God, obeyed God, and I've been right in what I've heard God tell me to do. There are many times my wife will question me, are you sure this is God? And I'll say, well, I'll double down in prayer, I'll fast, I'll, I'll, I'll do everything I can, but if it's God, we have to move in this area. And it took some time, but over time, she has learned to trust me and when I hear from God. That's your job, men. You will be held responsible for how you lead your families, how you lead your wife. And as Peter says in his book, your wife is going to be more or less like Jesus according to your example. So make sure you <laughs> make sure you live up to the call. All right, finally, we get married in order to live a covenant, in order to practice God's love and likeness. When I marry my spouse, I create a covenant, and now I get to live this covenant, meaning I get to live as Christ lived, as the husband, towards my wife as he loved the church. My wife gets to live and love me the way Christ loved the church. We get to practice this covenant, and it's not just a, it's not just a document you sign and we're done with. We now get to live it. I hear people say this all the time. Oh, man, I can't live in this marriage. I don't even know if Jesus could live in this marriage. And I say, wait a second. Do you think Jesus could really live in this marriage? They, well, yeah, yeah, I guess he could. And then I said, okay, then the question is, how much more do you have to be like Jesus in order to live in this marriage? Because the point of our walk with Christ is to be more like him. So we're if we're in a marriage, we, we feel like we can't live up to the expectations and it's almost impossible to love our spouse, then that just simply tells us we need to be more like Jesus. If only Jesus could live with our spouse, then we definitely need to be more like Jesus. How do we love each other the way Christ loved the church? Only through the power of God. Look, we can't build a strong nation, country, and a marriage based on feelings. We can only build it on a covenant, and that's why it's so important to understand it. Garth Eckman, David Alliance, keep slaying giants.